0: Doing that. I must confess here, this message, I'm not sure. Some people have a nice long message. I feel like I have a bunch of tidbits and pieces of various thoughts I've been thinking, so we're going to see if we can put it all together, kind of like one of those casseroles at the end of the week when you have three or four dishes that you (laughs) fixed and see if you can jam it all together and add a good bit of sauce and maybe it'll turn out okay. <laughs> but I've been thinking about some things and and uh, so I just want to share that. You know that'd be nice. Yeah. Like Kevin said, I appreciate it too the openness here to worship. That's that's a blessing to us as a team. And so I want to bless you in that and your openness to acknowledge Jesus and what thank you very much okay what he's done in our lives and I want to give him the glory and the credit today so this message is called uh, it's time to move on or no you have stayed long enough okay that's the title (laughs) can't you tell how good this is (laughs) gonna how organized this is (laughs) Oh, dear. Anyway, let's bow for prayer before we go any farther. Lord, you've given us this day, and Lord, we want to bless your name today. We want to bless your word. Lord, it's alive and it's active. We just pray that it would do do work in our lives today. Pray for open hearts and open minds to, Lord, absorb what you, you have for us. Pray this in Jesus' name, Amen. You have stayed long enough. I read this passage the other week and and that phrase jumped out at me. I was reading out of the NIV and I think I'm going to read out of the NIV again here. Deuteronomy chapter 1, if you'd like to turn in your Bibles to that chapter. The word Deuteronomy means a, a repeated Law. So this was a repeat of of the law that was given to the Israelites. This was Moses speaking, I think the one commentary thought it might have been the last six or seven days of his life. So he was getting toward the end of his life and was speaking to the nation and reminding them as you go on in Deuteronomy, it just kind of refreshes your memory of what happened to the, to the nation of Israel and refresh their memory as well. So God was speaking to them and through Moses and Moses was just telling them, you know, what all God had said. Deuteronomy chapter 1, reading out of the NIV version. These are the words Moses spoke to all Israel in the desert east of the Jordan, that is, in the Ereba, opposite Suf, between Paran and Tophel, Laban, Hazaroth, and Dizahab. It takes 11 days to go from Horeb to Kadesh Barnea by the Mount Seir road. In the 40th year, on the first day of the 11th month, Moses proclaimed to the Israelites all that the Lord had commanded him concerning them. This was after he had defeated Sihon, king of the Amorites, who reigned in Heshbon, and at Edri had defeated Og, king of Bashan, who reigned at Ashtaroth. East of the Jordan, in the territory of Moab, Moses began to expound this law, saying, The Lord our God said to us at Horeb, You have stayed long enough at this mountain. Break camp and advance into the hill country of the Amorites, Go to all the neighboring peoples in the Ereba, in the mountains, in the western foothills, in the Negev, and along the coast, to the land of the Canaanites, and to Lebanon, as far as the great river, the Euphrates. See, I have given you this land. Go in and take possession of the land that the Lord swore he would give to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and to their descendants after them. You have stayed long enough at this mountain." break camp and advance into the hill country. I don't know what this means to you, but I was talking to somebody last fall and he said, Mike, I think you have a, I have a word for you. And you know, I wonder sometimes about that when somebody says that. You you wonder what, what all's behind that and if it's really something to be listened to or not. But he said, things are gonna be Different or something, you're going to be entering a new chapter, a new phase of your life or ministry or something to that effect. And I guess I've thought about that. I wonder what that means. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what it means, but I, I do. It's in my in my mind, and I've been wondering about that. And then when I read this phrase, it's time. You've stayed long enough at this mountain. It's time to move on. Wonder what God has in mind for for our family, for our ministry. And what's God got in mind for you? What does that ring in your mind? It's time to move on. You've stayed long enough. If women are shopping and they go into a store and there's not what they'd like, they don't just stay there and maybe walk around the racks in a different direction. You move on to another store. If we're deer hunting, I, know, <clears throat> I like to deer hunt. I grew up doing that some and if you sit for a day or day and a half at the same spot and don't see anything, it's probably time to move on. You have stayed long enough at this mountain. Maybe you've stayed long enough at this relationship. Maybe it's a relationship that God is calling us to move away from and, and move ahead. Maybe it's a where you're living. Maybe it's for the state you live. I heard a couple of stories this week of, of somebody that moved uh, through kind of a unique set of circumstances out to the western part of the United States, I think in Washington actually. And so I asked, how, how did that come about? What's the connection? Well, they said it was a God thing. And I'm glad to hear that, that God <clears throat> moves people, God directs people. You know, God directed the nation of Israel. They wandered for a long time and probably felt kind of discouraged a lot of the time, just going in circles in the desert, wondering what their purpose was. But God, God had a purpose. God had a plan. He had made a promise to Abraham and uh, wanted to fulfill that. So you've stayed long enough at this mountain break camp and advance into the hill country. And maybe it has to do with our who we are in Christ, our inheritance. And this is kind of a different, little bit of a different subject but I heard uh, a brother in our church right before we left on this tour. We had a father' son dinner get together, and and uh, he shared this brief little uh, devotions out of Galatians four, one through seven. So if you want to turn to Galatians four, <clears throat> Galatians 4, 1 through 7. This is out of the King James. Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, differeth nothing from a servant, though he be lord of all, but is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the father. Even so, we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because ye are sons, God hath sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore thou art no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. He said, we're no longer a servant if we know Jesus Christ is Lord today. We're a son. And how many times do we live as a servant you know the servant doesn't have near the privileges that the son has the son is the heir the son is the heir to the to the father's land and his goods and and we're sons of God we're not servants of God we're sons of God today if we know Jesus is lord that was just a huge huge thing and i can't even begin to say it like conrad said it but it moved me. It moved me to, to think about that. What, what is my identity today? What, what do I see myself as? I've heard the saying that God came for us. God came to save who we are, not who we think we are. Do you ever think about that, who you think you are? That can be a whole variety of, of different things. Do we see ourselves as God sees us today? God came for us as we are. God didn't come to save who we think we are. He came to save are. wherefore thou art no more a servant but a son and if a son then an heir of God through Christ there's a story that I read about this that really illustrated the, the point of sonship rather than servantship. watchman Knee tells about a new convert who came in deep distress to see him no matter how much I pray no matter how hard I try I simply cannot seem to be faithful to my Lord I think I'm losing my salvation. Nee said, "Do you see this dog here?" He is my dog. He is house-trained. He never makes a mess. He is obedient. He is a pure delight to me. Out in the kitchen, I have a son, a baby son. He makes a mess. He throws his food around. He fouls his clothes. He is a total mess. <laughs> but who is going to inherit my kingdom? Not my dog. My son is my heir. You are Jesus Christ's heir because it is for you that he died. And we are Christ's heirs not through our perfection but by means of his grace. And little by little in life I think we learn that. It's his grace. It's not our perfection. It's not our ability to do things. Because if we have all the ability to do things we don't really need God and and it's when we feel like we don't have a leg to stand on that God can shine through brighter, I believe. Marv, you know about this, but getting up in front of people and feeling like, what in the world are we doing here? Nothing worked right that morning, and got a late night, got to bed late and get up early, and, and uh. But it's not about that. I guess I was reminded of that this morning, even when everything doesn't work and all we can do is stand up here and <laughs> and proclaim that Jesus is Lord, that's really all that we need to do. That's, he'll do the rest. He'll, he'll uh, complete, the, complete the course in our life and, and complete our, what we need to do. So I don't know. If those two things, I guess I've been, I've been thinking about. That I've stayed long enough. You know, It's time to move on, and maybe our identity has something to do with that. Oh, God's been working in my life through, through the last number of years on identity, who I am in Christ. It's not our last name. It's not our ability. It's who he is and what he's done in our life. And that's, that's, the, that's the bottom line. That's the bottom line today. I'd like to just close with a, a prayer. And some of you may have heard this prayer. It was uh, given at the opening of the, the Kansas Senate session. A number of years ago. It says this opening or this interesting prayer was given in Kansas at the opening session of their Senate. It seems prayer still upsets some people. When Minister Joe Wright was asked to open the new session of the Kansas Senate, everyone was expecting the usual generalities, but this is what they heard. Heavenly Father, we come before you today to ask your forgiveness and to seek your direction and guidance. We know your word says woe to those who call good evil but that is exactly what we have done. We have lost our spiritual equilibrium and reversed our values. We confess that we have ridiculed the absolute truth of your word and called it pluralism. We have exploited the poor and called it the lottery. We have rewarded laziness and called it welfare. We have killed our unborn and call it choice. We have shot abortionists and call it justifiable. We have neglected to discipline our children and called it building self-esteem. We have abused power and called it politics. We have coveted our neighbor's possessions and called it ambition. We have polluted the air with profanity and pornography and called it freedom of expression. We have ridiculed the time-honored values of our forefathers and called it enlightenment. Search us, O God, and know our hearts today. Cleanse us from every sin and set us free. God and bless these men and women who have been sent to direct us to the center of your will and to openly ask these things in the name of your Son, the living Savior, Jesus Christ, amen. The response was immediate. A number of legislators walked out during the prayer in protest. In six short weeks, Central Christian Church, where Reverend Wright is pastor, logged more than 5,000 phone calls with only 47 of those calls responding negatively. The church is now receiving international requests for copies of this prayer from India, Africa, and Korea. Commentator Paul Harvey aired this prayer on his radio program, The Rest of the Story, and received a larger response to this program than any other he has ever aired. And Paul Harvey has been gone a number of years already, so I'm not sure what year this took place, but, you know, currently we can look at our world, look at our nation, and we can be pretty fearful if we want to be. There's a lot of things that are going on that, we feel like we have no control over, it and it's going faster and faster and sometimes I wonder what our part is as christians how do we how do we deal with this? how do we process all this? I think prayer prayer is the the key to maintaining a strong uh spiritual life to keep on sharing in the prisons. We praise the Lord, the prison doors are still open, and we're able to go in and share but We've got to wonder how long that's going to be possible. There's certain institutions where chaplains can't really witness to anybody. They can't talk about Jesus unless that inmate comes and asks. And so, you know, there's limitations, but we're, I guess, we're thankful today to be able to still share the word, still take the Bible studies in and things. And and God is not unaware of what's going on. I, I was blessed by that fact that somebody shared this week. God does not this is no surprise to the Lord. He knows all about this, and he knows what, what's coming, and so we can trust his, his care and his, his grace and his wisdom to get us where we need to be. So I trust today that if you need to move, if you need to move on, if you've stayed long enough at one spot, wherever that is, that God will give you the direction and the grace to, to move on. Father, thank you for this day and thank you for these words. And Lord, again, we ask you to come and show us your your will. Lord, you said that if we ask, you'll you'll be faithful and answer. And so we want to believe that today. And Lord, we want to bless Berea Fellowship here for their support and and their outreach in this community here. Lord, I pray you'd bless that and and further their work and their uh, strength and energy. Lord, bless. Brother James, as he leads, and, and um, we just want to give you the praise and the glory today. In Jesus' name, amen.